Independent wrestling is pretty damn fucking cool. We're sitting down in the spotlight and squirt circle with Rhino. We're trying to bring more awareness to the independent professional wrestling scene. Undoubtedly thankful for anybody that just decided to tune in and actually liked us enough to keep listening. All Come right. on, man. Don't throw that at me. Right, turtle. Right. Jeez. Yeah. No, yeah, he turtled. <laughs> did I? Jesus Christ, what did you eat? Ribs. Oh. Barbecue ribs. Mashed potatoes. And corn. It's a rare condition this day and age to read any good news on the newspaper page. And love and tradition of the grand design, some people say, is even harder to find. Well, then there must be some magic clue inside these. Happy Turtle Day, everybody! <laughs> it's the Ross Family Matters podcast, and we're in the midst of a turtle, and we're joined again for two weeks in a row. By Johnny Swashbuckle, the pirate. How we doing? Um, I'm Hotshot Scott Williams. I'm uh, to my right, Jack Spade. Directly across from me, Vic the Stick Ross. And last week was so much fun. You decided to make the trip back from where do pirates live? The Caribbean. Well, some of them. Okay, from the Caribbean to join us in this great weather. Yeah. yeah so. Have you ever actually been on a pirate ship? No. <laughs> Have you ever held your tongue and say so you were born on a pirate, pirate ship? ship. <laughs> Have you done that? I'll, I'll say that, yes. You should, uh, okay. right, there we go. Okay. Is that what inspires you to give me? Schoolyard hijinks. Yeah. How about you change your gimmick, you stay the pirate, but you become a Somalian pirate. <laughs> Oh, and, and basically, you'll I wear you'll I wear shirts that say Buffalo Bills 1992 Super Bowl champions. I am back up there now. <laughs> I remember uh, uh, Los Angeles Dodgers 2017 World Series champ. Go ahead. Do you get the joke, by the way? No, but okay. So what? Somalis are poor. They get all the championship. Shirts of the team that okay, the okay. right. They print shirts okay. for both teams, I, and then they ship to third world countries. Gotcha. I do remember overhearing commentary with Vic back at Legacy for my first match, and he said, "What we have pirates from Somalia over here now." Oh, nice. Something like that something. I couldn't hear all of it. Yeah. What's wrong with Somalian pirates? You could have gone way more subtle and been an internet pirate. I could have. Oh. Or or just Download. or just like videotape movies at a theater and be a movie pirate. Oh, that's that's fines up to like two hundred fifty thousand dollars. More of a bootlegger. Yeah, it's really more of a bootlegger. Didn't they used to call piraters people who would break? Remember, did you have HBO as a kid? Yes. Not cable, but HBO, like yes. a big antenna in Milwaukee. No. Cause, no. Okay, we didn't get cable in Milwaukee until nineteen eighty five. So the only alternative was the TVQ, which you put they put a big antenna on your roof. That was probably 20 feet high, and you could get HBO, right? And every once in a while, people would break into the feed, and, like, you know, there'd be a grainy picture, and they would yell about the revolution, or they'd do some song and dance, and those were called, they'd call that pirating on the news. Yeah. Even though they weren't really, I mean, I suppose they were stealing the signal, but anyway. You also didn't get a Jack Spade in Milwaukee until 1985. Okay. Uh-uh. Just saying. So we were, we were doing okay without both. <laughs> Yikes! <laughs> All right. So you're our guest again. Yes. 
So you get to pick out of the fedora. All right. The fedora. Why don't you pull something you know about? Yeah, that'd be cool. Angel Armani oh, again. Oh, look at that. Jeez, I, I know you, a lot of... You saw me mix it. I, I did see you mix it. That's okay. So last <laughs> week you joined us. We talked about MIAW. It was one of the categories. Yeah. We pulled Angel Armani at the end of the show. We put it back in a hat because we didn't have time because we only had five minutes left. Yeah. And then right out of the gate, Angel Armani. It's it's destiny. It is destiny for you to talk about Angel Armani. Yes. So. so we'll kind of re sum up what we talked about last week. Angel Armani is the type of guy who will give you the shirt off his back, literally, and he'll remind you about it. Though, yeah. Oh. <laughs> hey, did I get that shirt back? But did you wash it? Again, if you're friends with Angel Armani. Very loyal, friends for life, very appreciative of the friends that he has in his life. So, that being said, we know people want to hear Angel Armani's stories. I'm going to tell you an Angel Armani wrestling story that took place at a Rebels of Wrestling show back in 2000. There was a six-man tag, and I, I don't remember everybody in it. I know I was, I was in it. Okay, was it me, you, and Armani teaming no, up? No, I was on the baby face You were on the baby side. face side, okay. So it was you, Harley Hellcat. And a surfer. And, oh yeah, One Kenny Rush. Kids, Kenny yeah. Rush. Against me, Armani, and Diablo. Does that sound right? Maybe. Because I think Diablo was in that match. Anyway. I, I remember the stipulation being that all belts were on the line. Okay. And if a champion was pinned, then... They would lose their right. title. So Harley Hellcat was a diminutive fella. Probably about, what, five... Seven, five, seven, five, eight, maybe. And, and he was about five, six, or five, seven wide. <laughs> um, he was probably pushing three bills. Yeah. And first of all, that super nice guy, really one of the hardest working guys helping before and after the show, right? I mean, you'd say, yeah. he, he pounded, busting his ass to get that ring up and down. Um, but a guy who had a proclivity to sweat a lot. He did. Okay. He did. And he was moist. In this match, I don't even think it was summer, but for whatever reason, he was super drippy. And Armani tags in, goes for a slam, and on Harley Hellcat, which was a bad idea in the first place just because of the size of Harley Hellcat, right? But Harley Hellcat gave up, posted for him, but was so slippery, Armani dropped him. And then proclaimed. I can't work with this guy. How the hell does he sweat so much? And left the match. <laughs> and left it a two-on-three from there. <laughs> so that was my first for, uh, up close and personal, Angel Armani deciding that he was done with the match before the match came to an end. Yeah, I wasn't at this show, but a personal favorite of mine, it was the Rebels of Wrestling Agape show. Uh-huh. Yeah, that's what I was uh-huh. going to tell Where about. it was... Well, you were there. Do you want to tell it? I... Because <laughs> I, wa- I watched it. I saw it on video after. Well, this was before I met Armani. And before you meet Armani and he really <laughs> talks to you and you see him at a show, your thought process is that he's a gigantic asshole. Yep. And back then, even more so, your thought process was, this is a gigantic asshole. Mm-hmm. And this didn't help. So, something went wrong in this match. And this match was Angel Armani and Silas Young yeah. versus Jared Jacks and Mace Morgan. So four guys who had great careers. Fantastic workers all around. Uh-huh. A spot happens. It gets screwed up. Armani ends up hitting the corner. He falls back into the mat. And he's on the mat. 
and he's going, pin me. <laughs> Just fucking pin me. Well, Do what, it. What I wanted to bring up before that point sure. was something went wrong in the match, and Armani slapped Jared. Okay. Like, not a shooting slap, but a slap. And Jared came back and slapped the shit out of Armani. And instead of selling it, Armani turned to Sunny Beach and he went, He's shooting at me. The fuck guy's shooting at me. Sunny Beach was reffing? He was, yeah. yes. Yeah. So, remember the, like, I believe it was a legacy show at the Elks Lodge in uh, Waukesha. Where he was working a match, I think he was either teaming with or wrestling against in some sort of a triple threat, perhaps, TW3. Okay. And he got mad, decided he was going to leave the match, but before he did, had a second second thought of walked back to the ring, stuck his head in between ropes and said, You are the shit! <laughs> in front of like everybody in the front row, and then walked back to the locker room. Oh. Uh, this, this is, I think he actually grabbed him by the ears oh, during the match. Okay. He said, You're the shits, and smacked him beside the head. And TW3 later said, I couldn't hear anything he says. And then he smacks me against the head. And then uh, Armani went for a cover. And the ref, you know, sometimes when the ref gets down, it makes a noise. Well, he thought on two was three. So he got out of the ring as fast as possible. And he thought he, 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 thought he won the match. Because he thought he heard three. And then the ref counted him out. And then Armani so it kind of worked out. But he was sitting at the bar after having a drink. And I went up to him. And he's like, it was the shits. <laughs> I, I mean, I remember him. I, I like the times where he'll vocalize, like a spot will get messed up, and he'll like say loud enough where the second and third row is like, yeah. they called the fucking spot. Yeah. They called it. How do you miss the one spot you called? <laughs> tell the uh, tell the six man. Story. I was gonna work there, so <laughs> you guys got the. Uh, so we talked about MIW last time, and uh, the only joys I really had of working with Armani have been on the same team with him in MIAW. Right, because we're both always been heels at MIAW. So when you work at MIAW, he's running the show, and you help, right, Scott? But he's running around. He's trying to tell everybody what to do. Right. So if you're in a match with him, what he'll say is, "Here's what I want for the finish. Just tell me what I'm doing when I come back, and we're gonna go out and do it." Right. So you'll plan your match, and then he'll come in, and you'll go, "Okay, here's what we got," and he'll go. No, 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 no. That's not what I want to do. Let's do this, 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 and this. Right? And he'll tell you like six things. And he'll say it so quickly and walk away. And you've already had your match plan. But you have no idea what he just told you he wants to do. Sure. So we do this match. It's myself, Angel Armani, and... Skull Crusher. Skull Crusher versus Mario and two other people. Was that super? He was doing a Super Mario kick. He was Super Mario. He was doing the Super Mario gimmick. He took a killer spear from Skull Crusher in that match. It was just unbelievable. The thing was, though, it was, Jared was a face, too. And wasn't Ovato on that team? He may have been. Or you may be confusing it for the Silas Lucha Libre gimmick. In I the, might be. I might be. But here's what happens. We planned a double heat. Okay? So... After the first heat, I take a spot. He's on the apron. He goes, nobody told me there's a double heat. Who was going to tell me there's a double heat? Nobody told me. All right? Bitching up a storm. Right? 
So we end up to the double down. It's me and Jared, I want to say, in the double down. It could be. Leading up to the tag. The hot tag, which Armani is going to take. I know it's Mario that's coming in. Mario's coming in. So I'm crawling to the corner selling. All right? He's on the apron going, I don't know what the fuck to do. You guys didn't tell me what the fuck I'm doing. All right? And I'm crawling and selling, and I go, just take a fucking tomahawk chop, and I tag. And that's exactly what happened. He tagged in. Mario tagged in. Bam. Tomahawk chop. Down he went. And he powdered, I think. Yeah, I think so. And then the rest of us fed into Mario, and we got to the finish. And after it, he's like, ah, did you guys see that match? (laughs) Ah, It was... The whole match, he's on the fucking apron, just... So, my favorite Armani story is we were running a show under a, the banner TPW. We'll talk about that some other time. It was an offshoot of Rebels, whatever. But, Angel Armani was um, working as a manager for Models Incorporated. And help me, it was Greg Frost and... I want to say Casey Styles. I think you're right. And on the other side was a guy named Airborne, who was one of the Tomaselli's. And someone else. Anyway, that's not what's important. What's important was we were taping for TV at the time. And I had and I was doing commentary and I had given the ref the signal that it was time to start wrapping up. Now the way we ran TV is when I say start wrapping up, you have anywhere from two to three minutes to end this match. That doesn't mean you end it right now, it just means hey, it's time to get to the point we need to get to. The referee tells Greg Frost, Hey, we're we gotta wrap this up. Meanwhile, Greg Frost's tag team partner and the babyface were working for the hot tags, right? And, there, you know, we still had a good three minutes to have the guy, the babyface come in, you know, bump around, get a couple, you know, two counts, and then get to the finish. But apparently Greg Frost thought take it home meant, like, take it home immediately. So he takes the tag, babyface makes the tag, babyface charges in, Greg Frost hits him with a boot DDT pin, which we always referred to as the cold tag incident. Yeah. But what was funny to me, because I was about four feet from Angel Armani doing commentary at the table, he turns to me and goes, what the fuck? <laughs> and then leaves, <laughs> and leaves his team behind yeah. to take their spoils of their victory. So that was that's a story that I'll always remember, because he like immediately like somehow it was my fault that these guys cold tagged it. So that was a that was a good Armani. How how many matches do you think he walked out on in his career? Oh my God, I would say I I would have to think either walked out or broke the fourth wall. Forty percent of them. Because yeah. even if he didn't walk out of the match, the fact that he's like, come on, you got, this is the shits. Make the tag. You know, right. at least you audible. That's right. the best part. Right, because he doesn't have a quiet voice. He doesn't uh, whisper that. Like I love when he's going against uh, like. Like a newer, like a greener guy, and he always, he always shit on it by saying either he can't remember his own comeback, uh-huh. and he'll say it to the back, he'll say it to the back, right? Or when uh, he was taking chops by that Onyx, 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 yeah. Elliot, he was taking chops by Andretti. Onyx in the corner, and ready. Yeah. First chop was okay, second chop was in his throat. Yep. Third chop was right in his face. Armani turned around and just started smacking the shit out of him. For Lit a good, his ass up. It was great. Me and Vic looked at each other like. 
That was amazing. Slapped, <laughs> slapped him like he owed him fucking money. It was amazing. That's why I love Batman. Oh, yes. He doesn't take shit. And with all of it, like, if you would just listen to these stories... You would think Armani is a real son of a bitch. You remember the bar, the bar fight story he's told, right? No. Where he, there was a big fight and he actually left before the police showed up. And uh, I think Jack Berserker was involved in it. I don't want to... I won't do it justice because I'll miss details. But Armani is somebody we're angling to be a guest on his show at some point. So I don't know if he'll do it, but we should try. Oh, we can get... Armani's got an open invitation. Yeah. We might have to go to him. I'll tell him. We'll go to him. We'll we'll even watch Get Smart. We did a show from (laughs) Cleveland. We can go on location. (laughs) By the way, Get Smart was a was a fabulous show. Mel Brooks wrote that. Buck Henry, big writer. Take it old. (laughs) Don Adams had the mercurial. Take it old. The phone was in the shoe. Yeah, right. Go home and watch it. (laughs) Shut the mic up. One thing about Armani, though, you go to his house, you're going to end up watching one episode of something that's black and white. Okay, so you're either going to get Beverly Hillbillies, yep. the Monsters, Get Smart, get smart. Degrassi, Police Squad. He was on that Police Squad. Oh, Police Squad, squad is a great show. It is a great show, but he was on that kick for like solid year and a half. <laughs> is Armani a Gilligan guy? I never heard him talk about I don't about think Gilligan. I've ever heard him talk about Gilligan. Huh? I know he's a Monsters guy. He does the Monsters clap. The Herman Monsters clap. He definitely clap. does. So anyway, right. But yeah. Ar- Armani is not a real son of a bitch. No, not at all. Without Armani, the best workers to come out of the Milwaukee area in the last 10 to 15 years simply would not have come out of the Milwaukee area. Sure. Because without Angel Armani, they don't exist. Right, because he was instrumental in helping uh, take Silas to the next level. I mean, he was tra- mm-hmm. you know, trained already when he got down, but took him, next, took him on the road trips, did all the other things for him. Um, Monarch of the Matt, uh, Ryan Rogue, uh, Jared, and... Wait, what are you, what are you doing there? <laughs> what? He was the Monarch of the Matt. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Who gives a shit? <laughs> uh, you see, I lost... Tra- uh, Austin Aries. Austin Aries, uh, Mace Morgan, Jared. Mace Morgan. Yep. Uh, uh, just to name a few of... The Ely twins. Yeah. Who are in NXT. Yeah. He is far and away. Joey Pink. <laughs> He is far and away What's happening right the now? best trainer in Wisconsin. Uh-huh. And that, that's not to downplay uh, what's Despite going on. Despite Joey Pink. <laughs> that's not to downplay what's going on over in the Thumper's Den uh-huh. or what's going on up north. Uh-huh. But No, I look, uh, Frank's, Frank's got a great thing at the Thumper's Den. Uh, ACW's got their own academy and they've graduated some people already. But again, by and large, I still believe the best pure trainer is Angel Armani. Okay. Honestly, I don't think you go to Armani to learn to bump, to learn to headlock, to learn that stuff. No, you, you go to polish up. You, you go. You go there afterwards. The okay. So we got trained by L. Patterson. Okay. And I'll be honest with you. Like L. Patterson is a, first of all, he's a great guy, and I hope he's in the hat. We'll, Not yet, but okay. We'll get there. But he was way past his prime. For training wrestlers. What did yeah. Al Patterson always say? But he would suggest that you gotta organize your own peoples. So <laughs> you know what? I just gotta stop everything right now for just a minute. I I know you want to put Al Patterson over, but this is gonna play into what you're saying. Al Patterson was absolutely past his prime, and he could not get in the I, ring with us. I agree. 
Right, that's right. But there was that day that his pal David Starr came. Oh, yes. And I want you guys to picture uh, a man in his 50s <laughs> who is like 5'8 and 350. Okay. And Smelling <laughs> like Papa John's pizza. This motherfucker takes his pants off <laughs> to come in the ring to show guys and then was wondering why nobody wanted to fucking do anything with him. Didn't he, have gear on. He took no. He took his fucking slacks off yeah, and got in the ring in his fruit of the looms, man. <laughs> Here's the other thing about Dave Starr. So, and I'll get back to Armani. So, <laughs> Al Patterson got us started, sold us a ring, and we owed him a little bit of gratitude for that. So all he wanted for gratitude from us is, you know, a to essentially allow him to advise and hang around and whatnot. But he wasn't hands on with us. What he wanted was for Dave Starr to be our commissioner. For the worst. Which we did, okay? We did it, yeah. But here's the thing. Dave Starr didn't realize that the commissioner job was a work, okay? So we had a guy who played the owner of our company, Jeff Novak, our good friend Warren Price. Yes. And he would, like, break character, or, or maybe thought he was in character, thought he had the authority to fire Warren. Warren was gold on the mic when it came to running people down. So he would just run Dave Starr down, and Dave Starr would come back to the locker room, legit pissed, I want him fired. And I'm like, listen, fucker, you're a character. You have no authority in this company. So how about you stop trying to get into a war of words with a guy who's going to carve you up and just stand down, dude. Who said Papa? Anyway, that was my Dave Starr story. But anyway, let, I digress. So Angel Armani was hanging out at, after a Miramar show that was put on by Powerhouse Pro Powerhouse. Wrestling when Mike Thompson was running, not the sham that it is now. Okay. And Angel Armani was at that show. And afterwards, we went across the street. I think the bar is Axel's. Right on, right across from the Miramar. I'm not sure. Anyway, I was there with Steve Santana and the punk. Not CM Punk. The punk. And Armani talked about wrestling and theory and putting a match together for about an hour and a half. It felt like 20 minutes because it wasn't never got boring. And I walked out of a conversation feeling like I learned more about wrestling then than I did in the sessions I had had with the people who were training. Which yeah. it says a lot about in, in the last show, we talked about the paper. The sheet of paper that was handed to yep. me by Brian when I was training to teach me how to work a match. I didn't understand or care until Angel Armani talked to me and, you know, told me what was stupid, basically. Uh-huh. Why would you Why would you do that? That's the stupidest shit I've ever seen in my life. And then he would show you why it's stupid. And then he would teach you why it's stupid over the course of an hour and a half. Mm-hmm. And then he would insult your whole family. <laughs> and then you would be in your gear and never touch the ring. And he'd send you home because he gets so angry. Yeah, he takes it He takes it personal. Because even though you may not be intending to shit on the business or make something look bad, he takes it personal. And that's what made... Here's the other thing about Angel Armani. He didn't break into wrestling until his late 30s. 
Yeah, he was a curmudgeon before he started. Right. He wasn't 22, 23. He wasn't, I mean, he was still a great, he's in great shape for his age. But imagine if he would have broken into this business in his 20s, right? Oh, he would have been at the E. Right. Because he's gone to, he's worked backstage, he worked a Velocity show and a Heat show. Mm -hmm. And he he actually makes uh, Vince McMahon and Stephanie McMahon laugh. They, they, he almost had it, I'm, I'm just going to leave it at this, and we'll save it for the Angel Armani guest appearance. He was almost got a job producing for the because they respected him that much, even though he never wrestled beyond the Indies. Right. Like that, I mean, to me, that says a lot. Oh, so, yeah. anyway. That's yeah. he, he's fantastic. Absolutely. Great guy. Smartest guys I know, even though he's not politically correct at all. Also, no, one of the <laughs> cheapest men in <laughs> history. He's got a coupon for everything. Yep. I actually witnessed him at GNC buy like 10 items and get money back. Yep. <laughs> like, purchase yeah. 10 items, have a coupon, which happened to make a double coupon day, which made the 99 cent thing he was buying uh, a dollar off. So after he bought ten things, he got like a quarterback. I I don't know how he does it, and he's not one of those crazy like coupon clipping extreme couponers. He just his brain works. He sees a deal, he makes it happen. He puts all of his travel points on one card. He gets free nights every other visit. Like yep. he just knows how to work the 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 benefits and the perks that are offered to you, and it's pretty cool. Yeah, he's lived he's lived his whole life just being a hard worker at work. Loving wrestling, uh, traveling, never picking up a check, never, pi- <laughs> never picking up a check. Like he's lived his whole life for him, mm-hmm. and and taking care of the people that have basically become like his surrogate children. His family. Yeah. 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 There's definitely there, there's something to be said, you know. And he 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 doesn't have any kids. He he isn't married. So, you know, much like I was prior to meeting Kath, like, you get to a point where you just don't like to be sitting home alone, so you like to be around your friend. Your friends become your family, right? And uh, that's really what it is for him. He's another guy. He doesn't like sitting home. You know, you're, it, it, you, he says the door's always open, but there's a 75% chance he won't be home when you walk in it. Right. But, like, you could walk into his house anytime. If you're friends with him, you come over anytime. But, like I said, good luck finding him there. You know, he'll be at the gym, he'll be hanging out with people that he knows, he'll be out eating, like, he'll be somewhere, but it's likely not going to be just chilling at the house, unless he's in his pool. And if you need a place to stay, he'll let you stay with him. Absolutely. But he will become agitated with you within a week. Oh, yeah. Almost immediately. <laughs> also, Angel Armani, Depeche Mode's number one fan. Yeah. Depeche Mode's good. They're good. I'm not ready I to chase them the across the country. They should be. You went and saw Depeche Mode with Angel Armani. Yeah, in the summer. Did, you enjoy did, he, the show? did he work his way up towards the front of the crowd? Um, no, we had the lawn lawn area. But as soon as we got to our spot, like okay, right here, lights went off and the show started. It was pretty cool. I actually, I wanted to go to the Cure with him, um, and I couldn't get out and free and really afford to take it to Chicago. But I've seen um, Psychedelic Furs. I've seen Weezer with him. I've, I mean, we saw. Um, uh, the Offspring, most recently, which was about a year ago. So, yeah, good stuff. Anybody want to say anything else about Angel Armand? I'm sure he'll come up again. Oh, of course. Yeah. I just want to make it abundantly clear. I complain about him. I love that old bastard. <laughs> Absolutely. 
By the way, the patch mode should be in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. All right. All right. right. That's Come on. The Moody Blues. <laughs> really? I love the Moody Blues. Night in white satin. Come on, man. Oh, yes. So, Jesse, apparently we have to make a promo for our podcast, but I'm not exactly sure what we're supposed to say. Oh, come on, Nick. We just got to talk about Grapple Talk, where we talk about wrestling. It doesn't matter if it's the national stuff or the local stuff. That's true. I mean, regardless if it's WWE or our local talent, we cover it all. Oh, we also got to plug the social media. That's right. Facebook.com slash The Grapple Talk, and you can follow us on Twitter at The Grapple Talk. Man, that was a really good promo. That was. High five. Yeah. Hey guys, this is AC Riley reminding you to check out The Riley Factor only on the Grapple Talk Network. Join me as I talk wrestling, interview wrestlers in my Spotlight and Squared Circle segment, and much, much more. What are you waiting for? Head on over to iTunes and subscribe to the Grapple Talk Network today. And as always, support independent wrestling. Uh-oh. Advice for green workers. <sighs> Quit. Okay. Do you guys have this one? No, that... No, um, at last, I think you're confusing with how do you get booking. Okay. Let me give you some advice, okay? Um, and you guys can ch- jump in, and ch- but I'll give you advice number one. Be respectful enough to listen to a vet. Here's the thing about advice. I learned this as I got older. I was a young punk-ass kid who thought I knew everything. Not about wrestling, but just in general, like in all my past jobs. It's not... It, you don't have to listen, or, I, I'm sorry, you don't have to apply everybody's advice, okay? But if a veteran, as long as he's not being a douche, like, hey, you fucking suck, kid. But if he's taking the time to show an interest in your up-and-coming career and give you some advice, at least have the courtesy to listen and think. I don't think that's too much to ask. Again, as long as they're not coming at you like, hey, you cocksucker, get out of the business. I think that if you do that, you're going to get respected in, in by the veterans and in the locker room, and it's only going to help. Because, again, you can learn a lot from people, even if you don't wrestle their style, right? Yeah. Even if it's not your style, you can learn a lot about certain things. You never know what you're going to learn if you don't open your ears. In this. Uh, honestly, my the best advice I can give, give you is learn your craft. Mm-hmm. Learn how to work. Get good training, real training. Don't go to a camp for two months and decide you're you're the rock. Or don't come to one bump session and then tell everybody you went to the power plant. Yeah. That's good advice. <laughs> That's quality advice. Yeah, because that yeah. happened. And that, don't get briggy with it. Yeah, getting briggy <laughs> with it. Um, yeah, that's great advice, too. I, the other thing, to, I, and I'm sorry, I, I just got to say, invest in gear, for Christ's sakes. You know, I, I hate when people go, well, John Cena doesn't wear gear. You're not John Cena. Okay, there's one John Cena. There aren't multiple John Cenas in the WWE. John Cena could have all the gear in the world. Doesn't need it. Right. You're not John Cena. You're not John Cena. Invest in gear. Again, you don't have to spend thousands of dollars, but tights or at least the pants. And to make that point, before John Cena was John Cena... John Cena wore tights. Mm-hmm. John Cena wore boots. Mm-hmm. He had all sorts of different matching color schemes and everything. Right. He probably had 50 pairs of trunks and boots. Right, when he was in Ohio Valley and whatnot. But they Even won. when he came up and oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He was on SmackDown. Before he like went for the, the first like six months, he was just, yeah, 
But they decided to make that his his gear, not right. Yeah. So. Do me a favor, smarten up, all right? Get out of the business. Did you buy him some time? I bought him some time. <laughs> I bought him some time. Get out of the business, all right? That, Can I tell that, that story for a minute? That's thing getting kicked out of the way. I'm gonna I'm gonna tell that story for a minute. We stole that angle verbatim, verbatim, <laughs> at a fusion show in Stevens Point. Okay, stole that whole angle. Yep. Now, in the actual angle, was the kick in the nuts in the... There is a single... A single kick in the nuts. By right? Ric Flair. So, in, in one of the rare Jack Spade face turns in Stevens Point, mm-hmm. I am aware that I am going to be tied into the ropes... And then slapped in the face. Slapped in the face. My face will be grabbed. I'll be told to smarten up. I bought you some time. Get out of the business. Slap. Slap. And then a single kick to the nuts while my arms are suspended in the ropes. Uh Yes. Unable to protect myself in any way whatsoever. Correct. However. How did it play out, (laughs) Wayne? The entire rest of the Ross family (laughs) formed a conga line. (laughs) And kicked me in the nuts not once. I'm pretty sure they went around twice. I only kicked you once. And the last one has no depth perception <laughs> at all. Lance Bowles now have diabetes. And then I had to cut a promo selling them, which was not hard. Right. But I had to cut a babyface promo setting up the main event. <laughs> you know what? Seriously, this is bullshit. <laughs> I do remember yeah. that show. So, <coughs> one another piece of advice I, I think is, you know, again, just in general, I'm sure people have heard this before. You don't need to get all your shit in, right? Yeah, you're gonna have another match, I promise. Right. Keep yeah. them wanting more. Um, I, I think a lot of times the green kids like, hey, I can do 17 different athletic flipping moves. Great, we only need to see two. Save them for the next time so those fans see something new all the time. Because eventually you're going to hit that ceiling, much like the ECW conversation. Like, now what can you do? Mm-hmm. Yeah, you, you can do uh, the 450. Now I want to see a 720. Here's some more solid advice. When you get your gear, don't buy black. Oh, yeah. Everybody buys black. Don't look like the guy next to you. I'm not saying you can't have any black. Have a design. But have some color yeah, with black. Don't be predominantly black with like white accents. Everybody's running some version of black and something. In 2000, the, my advice would have been, there are other bands than Metallica. <laughs> you don't need a Metallica. I like Metallica as much as, as, as the next guy, but I don't need... 68% of your entrances on the show to be a Metallica song. When I broke in, it was Rage Against the Machine. Okay. Everybody had a Rage Against the Machine song. And I did everything wrong when I broke in. Pretty yeah. much everything I could do wrong, I did wrong. Uh, but here is my advice, and here's the one thing I can take pride in, and it's going to kind of contradict what you just said. So listen to the veterans, mm-hmm. right? And absolutely listen to the veterans. Mm-hmm. But don't be afraid to stand up for yourself. 
Well, there's a difference between so, standing up for yourself, though, and being disrespectful. Again, right. if somebody's coming at you disrespectfully, you're right. I'm saying, though, a lot of, like, I'll play this out. You, you're, I'll be a rookie. You give me some really good veteran advice. All right. Uh, and I'll give you some advice that was given to me. Mm-hmm. So, hey, uh, I was just watching you work out. When you lock up and when you start taking moves in the ring, don't stomp around, all right? Save the stomp for when you're actually doing a slam, and then it makes a larger noise, and then it makes the slam, you know, mean something. Jeff Hardy stomps. Okay. See what I mean? Like, that's what I mean. Like, don't be ready to flip and be like, well, I saw this once on a show once where somebody did something. That's what what I mean by listening. You know what I saw on a show once? The Chris Hamrick bump, but I ain't fucking doing it. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> I was on an, uh, or this was SSW, and I believe you guys set this up. Well, Brian for sure set this up, but it was Ryan Cross when we were trying to get Ryan Cross to initially work with SSW. Mm-hmm. Okay. Remember that that period of time? I remember. He showed up, sat in the crowd, everybody, or not even in the crowd, this was before the show, and in the ring were two workers, and he said... Hey man, let me get in the ring and work with you a little bit. Let me help you train. And the person in the ring went, "I train myself." Yeah, that's a bad green uh, wrestler move. That's that's bad. Yeah. Here's another thing: help out before and after the show when you can, if you're green. Okay, um, there are, you will get to a point where you've done this long enough, and everybody has their own point where you're a veteran, but and you don't have to help take down the ring all the time, right? But show three doesn't make you a veteran. Grab some fucking wood, okay? Help out. Um, Another thing, wash your gear, dude, okay? Wash your fucking gear. Wash your gear. Except for the part that's on your balls. Put dryer sheets in your bag so that... Definitely. In the ride from from the, the show to your wash machine, you're at least eating up some of that funk. And also, invest in baby wipes. Because if you're in a rest, most venues do not have a shower, right? You would agree with that. You're going to hang out at the after show. You're going to be representing the company you just wrestled for. Don't smell like ball sweat, okay? Wipe yourself up a little bit, okay? Get some baby wipes. Clean the junk. Wipe up. Put some deodorant on. And put a good face forward when you go meet with the fan. I'll tell you something. I would still be putting up and taking down the ring today. If I had not been told by Vic the Stick Ross to not put up and take down the ring because you're making me look bad. All right? <laughs> <laughs> That's not true. It's, it's not inaccurate. <laughs> That's funny. I want you to tell me the time and date of the show that I told that to you at because you made that shit up. I did not make that shit up. I never stopped taking down and putting up the ring because that's the way it was until something. It was you who said, hey, don't do that. First of all, I don't want to show up that early. I don't want to stay that late. (laughs) All right, all right. You want to play this game? Sure. All right, let's play this game. All right, let's do it. Legacy Pro Wrestling in Waukesha. Okay. The ring rental was through uh, uh, Hardcore Harry. Okay. Ox Baker Jr., whatever. Okay. Guy says to me, hey, man, can you help me tear this ring okay, down? Here we go. And I said, you know what? I would love to help you, but I have a bad back. I have herniated <laughs> yeah. discs, and yes. I can't do that. He fucking... So, All right. that's a shoot. I do have a bad back. Mm-hmm. I do have herniated discs. All right. And he accepted my 
reasoning. Mm -hmm. And then he said to Lane, who was immediately behind me, <laughs> It wasn't... Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I was just going to say it wasn't Ox Baker Jr. That's correct. He then says to Lane, How about you? Can you help me out? And Lane goes, Ha 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 ha! No! <laughs> that was after the conversation, though. <laughs> no. I also have bad parts. Laughed in his face and then told him no. Yeah, but then what did I do after that? Went to eat with the rest of us. <laughs> and I said, hey, I feel really bad because I think I upset that guy. I think you probably did. Yeah, I'm certain of it. You basically laughed in his face. <laughs> Not basically. Yeah. Literally. Wow. <laughs> Try the swashbuckle. Any uh, any advice? Two to two to three little small things. Yeah, yeah, do it. One, first of all, buy a calendar. Does that has now saved me more? Or an that, app for your phone, or right? An app, well, you know, but just like at least no, get your like dates the down. The calendar app that comes on every phone, but okay. But no, it helps. <laughs> it helps have a physical calendar for me. That's just how I. Is am. your phone not in a physical? Space? Can I also piggyback off that? It's yes. okay for you to ha to look at a calendar when you get a date and be double booked. You need to let that promoter, whichever promoter you're not going to do a show for, know right away and not wait till the day before the show and pretend something came up at work. And you really yeah. need to honor that first booking you do. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. And that's when you got to go, hey, man, I, I, I know you want to book me. I'm already booked for such and such. But it, I, I have that booking first, so I'm not, just so you know, I still want to work for I you. I don't yeah. care if that first if that second booking is 50 miles closer to your house and pays 20 more dollars, you need to honor that first booking. Right. And, and again, if you, for whatever reason, decide to not, and there's plenty, you can't, there's too much shit where people wait and they try to just, well, I'll just wait till the day before and I'll call in sick to one. That's, nobody believes you when you call in sick. Yeah. Okay, nobody believes you. Greg Williams, what, nobody believes say, you. I was going to say, what if you got shot or somebody in your family got shot? But, you know, so... Like your whole family. Like yeah, like every... <laughs> in order, every yeah. show. And if you're this sick... This whole family did yeah. get shot. Twice. And <laughs> even if you're sick, so show up sick. That means more... Right. You know, be like, hey, sorry, I'm not feeling... Hey, I, yeah, I can help out I can't wrestle because I'm sick, but I'd be more than yeah. happy to help out with And, and like, at least, you know, commit. Because I've met too many guys who are, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then day of, it's, you know, showtime. And if I had a dollar, and I didn't promote very long. What couple years we did... If I had a dollar for every time somebody told me they had something or could do something for us, I could have retired in Fiji. And if I had a dollar for every time those people followed through, I could buy a dollar cheeseburger at McDonald's. Mm -hmm. Like that. It, it's too many, yeah, 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 yeah. And then I could do that. Like... Mike Fly was another one of those guys. I could do, I could do, I just shut the fuck up. You can't do anything for us. <laughs> just go. Anyway, uh, you had some other. Those shits. You know, at least, you know, somewhat have your shit together if you're going to, you know, at least try to be in the biz. Like, have a car at least, like, tra viable transportation. Reliable transportation. Or gas money. Or gas money. Or gas money. We still have people in our lives that don't have gas money. And don't make me fucking shake it out of you. Yeah. We have people in our lives that don't have gas money, but they have plenty of gas. Like, if you know a gas station's coming up, at least have the incentive to be like, hey, do you get, you want, like, you know, so much for gas? Or when you get paid, at least offer gas. Exactly. Yeah. But it's just common sense. Like, you just you just need basic common sense. A lot of guys, they're... It is common sense, but the problem is it's the wrestling business. Yeah. And, you know, but... Yeah, just, you know, know your dates. Be respectful. 
at least like be somewhat of a sponge when it comes to taking good advice. Right. No, no to take criticism, like constructive criticism. Yeah. Uh, if yeah, you want to say something, go ahead. I, no, I'll let you finish because I got one more that just popped okay. in my head that but, I see all the time. You know, take criticism, but don't take it too personal to the point where you're, you know you tear yourself down about it. If I like, I've had terrible matches before, but you know you you're learn welcome. from them. Awesome. Yeah. <laughs> hey, what did Armani say? When you have a perfect match, you retire. Yeah, you should. I have one thing to add. Go to. ahead. Never do anything that could put the building in jeopardy. Oh, right? okay. yes. Yeah. Oh yeah! Don't cost, don't cost where you're working a hall. Yeah, because that shit will get around. Don't get on a microphone and yell about abortions. Right. Don't drop f bombs, f bombs in a family don't show. Don't be cussing. Don't yeah. use pictures uh, off the wall as 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 weapons or gimmicks. Yep. Um, clean up after yourself. You know, like don't leave garbage all over the place. Yeah. Here's one that bothers me. A lot of green kids do this. Look, I know everybody wants. When they come out, their music to sound right, and you want to be announced the right way. But I got some, and, and most of the time you will be. But I got something for you. When you spend more time discussing your entrance theme with the DJ and making sure the emphasis is on the ER of your last name before you talk over your match, yeah. your priorities are in the wrong fucking spot, buddy. You are a mark. So. Yeah, nobody gives a shit what music you come out to if your match looks like. You're a mark on your on the wrong side of the curtain. That's another advice. Don't be a mark. That's <laughs> it's hard. Everybody in the business. Oh <laughs> well, yeah, you know, there's an you're extent. Right. Finish that thought. Yeah, Every, you're right. Everybody in the business is a mark. Yeah. Or, or was a mark. Or they'd be doing something else. Right. Right. But, but to that point, it's oh, like we all grew up as marks for wrestling, right? right? But you still have to be able to. Let me give you an example. That's non-wrestling. You know that in my past I worked for uh, sports radio. And the first time I walked into the Green Bay Packer locker room, the cover, it was a practice. It was an, I was mesmerized for about 20 seconds. And then I realized it's my job to interview these guys without being a giddy schoolgirl. Mm-hmm. And I got it. So I could still appreciate that I was standing this close to Brett Favre, right? Or this close to Donald Driver. But I still, I'm a professional. And I need to just ask you some questions and let you be on your way. If you're in a locker room with a star, it's great to come over and go, hey, Shane Douglas, and I'd never say this to Shane Douglas because I wasn't a fan, but, but hey, Shane Douglas, I'm a huge fan of yours. I grew up watching. I'm pleasure to meet you. There's nothing wrong with that. That's not being marked. But when it, he's planning his match, like, hey, remember that time yeah. when you wrestled that, that four-way and you grabbed Pitbull's uh, neck halo and you remember that? Okay. Now you're now you're looking like a fool. Yeah, you're bothering somebody who's there to work, and so there's a difference. You could put some of your marketness aside and just—it's okay to like, like somebody, like, yeah. but let's not be stupid. Have, right. have that mentality let's, that this is a let's job. Let's not be live wire in your own locker room. <laughs> yeah, right. The real the real statement is: don't be a mark for yourself. That's true. Yeah. That's, That's very true. true. Understand <clears throat> understand this. Nobody gives a fuck about you, all right? That's probably accurate. Yeah. yeah. Right. I mean, they might that you might think they like you for the eleven minutes you're out there, but then there'll be another match after you, and you'll be they'll be on the liking right. somewhere. Yeah. So. Absolutely. Yeah. Very, very. Everybody in this business is in this business because they like attention and they like wrestling, right? That's mm-hmm. hard to argue. Yeah. Yep. And you know what? And like Larry Zabisco, and some people didn't want to take a pick with us. 
told you that was Lex Luger. Oh, <laughs> sorry. They look exactly the same now. <laughs> exactly. You would not be able to tell. And they both do this. Right. That's actually Luger adjusting his feet in two. Yeah, I was going to say. It's Luger having another stroke. Listen, we give Luger a lot of shit on this show. Lex Luger. All right? And he does not deserve it. He does. He was not clutch. <laughs> Call back. All right. All right, what do you got? I got one that's not good for Johnny Swashbuckle at all. Okay. Because oh. I don't think he's ever been there. Okay. All right. And I, I don't think you've ever been there. RWA in Minnesota. Okay. Okay. I don't think I've ever been there, honestly. So, Have you ever um, been there? No. I've only been there once. Uh-huh. And I'm going to tell you. Uh, Talk about the show. So Jim, Jim Creer is the promoter. Is he? Now, help me understand. Was RWA the promotion where one of the promoters died? No. No. Okay. You're thinking of Kurt Otterholt. Otterholt. Okay. Sorry. Who ran a rival company a, a, to... A similar, but not necessarily okay. affiliated. I believe both were at one point booked by Dave Bell at the same time. That's possible. Is that correct? I can't tell you if it's correct, but it's it's definitely a thing that's possible. And you're very familiar oh, with Dave Bell. Oh, of course. Bell. We had several matches. Uh, so Jim Creer is the promoter, and I have absolutely nothing but nice things to say about Jim. Okay. Or his family. Uh, Jim paid me uh-huh. before the show. Uh-huh. Jim paid me $10 more than I asked for. Because of his respect for my time in the business. Turtle. Turtle. Uh, And that's about where I'm going to stop saying nice things about the RWA. Okay. Um, We ran a very good ankle in the RWA. Yes, you did. But that was before me. Sure. By the time I got there, your knee was fucked and you were a one and done. True. True. Uh, it was a good match, though, you and P, uh, downtown yeah. Petey Brown. Yeah, it was. Who, uh, I'm told, broke his penis having sex. <laughs> that was a true story. <laughs> true? Told backstage told at an RWA show. Oh, my God. Yeah, he, uh, he broke his penis. The having, week before, right? Having relations. With a lady. That was. Well, um, not not, not anything wrong with but that. So, I'm just going to start naming off some guys that were on the show. Okay. Okay? So... You'll recognize some names. There was uh, Devlin Kane. Okay, I like that. Right? Yeah. yeah. Uh, and there was uh, uh, Garrison Creed. Okay, yeah, know him. Okay. Yeah. And now you're going to start to notice a bit of a down tick. Okay. 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 Uh, Steve Stardom was on the show. Yee. Uh, Chief Atacula Kula was on the show. Okay, Chief, get stuff over. Uh, the Beast was okay. on the show. All right. All right. Uh, Dark Child. Was on the show. Mm. Uh, Tiny Love was on the show. Mm. Uh, uh, Greg Hertz was uh, he was he was on, on the show. What you notice is the more people he names, the more he turns into Jeff Goldblum. Are we getting into? I, I just uh, <laughs> I, I'm just trying to get through the roster. <laughs> Um, it was there a live wire on his show? There was no, no. live wire. Steve Stardom, there was no live. Oh, Steve yeah, Stardom was Steve on the show. Yeah. So uh, Damon Knight was on the show. Uh-huh. When when I started working there, it was in, Dave Bell had stopped booking 
for Jim, and Jim was booking his own show. Which, Jim is not a wrestling, he's never been in the wrestling business other than providing the money for these shows. And he does like a commissioner gimmick. Right. But he, he never... Your commissioner? No. No. Okay, good. But he, he, never, he never wrote a show in his life before that point. And he was writing his own shows. So as you can imagine, the workers took advantage of him. Took adva- or, or outright revolted against him because they didn't agree with what was happening. Yeah. Now, Jim let me do whatever I wanted. As long as I explained it to him. So I took advantage. I was one of the ones that took advantage of him. But you didn't really take advantage of him because you weren't, like, putting yourself over. Well, you know, in a way. Yeah, that's not the way I remember the angle finishing. No, I... With, I he was the conquering hero. Definitely lost, but I used the RWA to do the angle with uh, Jason Masters that I had planned for RCCW, but could not do because of his RCCW ban that he earned wholly. And that was after he ba- got me banned. Correct. You're not banned. <laughs> yeah, you're not banned. Um, so... I got a chance to play out that angle, and it worked out really, really well, and I had a great time with it in the RWA. The show before the last part of that whole, the the show before the blow-off, Jim was like, I understand the, uh, that the workers have an issue with me booking the shows, I'm not doing well, I've talked to somebody, uh... And it's somebody I consider a very, very close friend, and I'm going to let him be the booker from now on. Right. And that was Tiny. Oh. So Tiny took over the book. Now, there was a gap between that show... How the fuck does he always get a book somewhere? <laughs> like, seriously. If I had a guess, it's because nobody else wanted it. The only book he should be getting is a, a fucking golden book. <laughs> Yeah, when you're a kid, you yeah. get the golden books. The golden books, books yeah. the learn to read books. <laughs> yeah. I never read that. Okay. Must be before my time. Probably. Did you get a golden yeah. book? I, They're still the around. I books. just bought one yeah. for the ride. Yeah. There were tons of those things. Well, I don't know how to read. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> that. Can you identify the color gold? <laughs> <laughs> what is gold? Uh, I wouldn't even give him a phone book. <laughs> you know, I don't have any trouble with, with Tiny as a, as a person. I, I, I but, think that's mostly right. But I don't me. really feel like... He's, he's not an encyclopedia of wrestling. Yeah, I don't feel like he's the guy I would turn to to steer my company's... Right. You know, ship. Right. And um, c- Tiny has a very myopic view of <coughs> the wrestling business. Sure. And it, the, myop- the myopathy is himself. Right. And the chief. Right. he is friends with. And then everything. And then variable the people that the chief has around him, that the chief approves and that he approves. It's, uh, it's uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Nepotism. Mm-hmm. Nepotism. Mm-hmm. Correct. Now, he, Tiny has always liked us as, as workers and as people, so he, he tends to let us work, right? Yeah. So I can't really say anything bad In about fact, him. that day, I asked him what he wanted out of our match. And he said, Lane goes over, you guys figure it out, 
I trust you. And what did I say? You suggested that Petey Brown should go over because you were going to be out on the shelf mm-hmm. with the bad wheel. Right, okay. and, and normally you don't put somebody leaving over. Right. Unless his name is Johnny Barracuda and it's a dark match that you can It was a dark match! It was a dark match! Since we're bringing up shit we talk about every show, Mitch Blake almost killed Scott. Yeah, yeah. All right, let's see that ad over here. Hey everybody, this is RGG from the Regular Guy Gaming Podcast on the Grapple Talk Network. I think it's safe to say if you like wrestling, you also like games. So join me and my co-host Ragbag as we talk about old games, new games, games we love, games we hate, special guests, interviews, and of course, Ragbag's love for Luigi Mansion. That is all on Regular Guy gaming check us out yes i'll take my eggs over easy and i'll take my podcast deach and dash that's right the deach and dash podcast hosted by me gorgeous jordy lee available via the grapple talk network it's about to get weird we're gonna talk some wrestling maybe some life probably and definitely gonna ask whether you prefer ketchup or mustard catch us via the grapple talk network and wherever ipods are available to you iPods or podcasts? God, I'm the worst. Well, what do we got for time? Where are we sitting? Yeah, where are we sitting? This is going to probably be the last topic. I would think so. All right. Let's see. And we've got as the last topic. Jesus, open that thing. MIAW Strip Club DJ. <laughs> did we do this? We talked about this before. We I've, did, but it got it. It melded in from another It story. was from a different topic. Yeah. All right. Well, how about uh, we just go around the horn and we introduce somebody to the stage. Okay. All right. Uh, All right. You're going to make me go first? Yeah, of course. Right. You're the fucking manager. Now, just so you know, what we're talking about is after an MIAW show, we visited a strip club on the, in the, the third ward. First and national. South side of Milwaukee. It was called the Club Solid Tropicana Gold or something. Solid, no, Solid Gold, that's Solid, Solid Gold, Gold Gentlemen's right. Club, which is now Texas. Gym. I believe it was episode one or two where we talked about the strip club DJ. Yep. Uh, it was definitely within the first four. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, where we talked about the strip club DJ who really was into buttholes. So there's going to be a whole lot of butthole talk coming your way right now. Oh. That was Roberta. Give it up for Roberta. Hey, don't forget we got Miller High Life on special. Three <laughs> bottles of beer for $19.72. Coming to the stage right now with the cutest little purple butthole you ever seen. Here's Agnes. Okay. Let me let me give it a shot here. Let me, I don't know if I could do the deep bass voice like that, but we'll tell you this. First of all, if your license plate is G... KL636, your lights are on. I want to remind you that we'll be opening early on Sunday as the Packers take on the Vikings. Speaking of purple, the only purple we want to see in this club is Shaniqua's little purple butthole. I like it. All right, well, if you guys just saw Agnes and then Shaniqua, just remember, dances right now are two for 40. That's right, two for 40. It's the same exact price it usually is, but that's okay. Two and for 40, <laughs> grab you a shorty low. <laughs> and at the bar, Coors Light, 
tall boys, two dollars. When those mountains turn blue, oh shit, it's cold. All right, and speaking of cold, sometimes your skin turns purple. And you know what else is purple all the time? Some of these women's little buttholes. Coming to the stage right now is Dolores. Dolores, I love it. Want to take a shot? I'll take a shot. All right. You know when uh, Girls, Girls, Girls is playing, that means it's time to sell some t-shirts. <laughs> Get yours for $24,599. But don't forget, those t-shirts look good with purple little butthole. <laughs> Not bad. Not bad. Yeah, though I never, I never... Who's yeah. coming to the stage, though? Yeah, yeah. Now who's coming to the stage after Dolores gets her fine little purple butthole off of it? <laughs> we got... Uh, Tarnell. <laughs> she might have some other purple water. What the fuck have you been hanging out with? <laughs> <laughs> oh Tarnell sounds like something you'd clean your sink with. Because <laughs> you calcium to deposits. <laughs> I meant to say Toynell, but you know. Yeah, the, I don't know. Argon deposits in your sink? Try Toynell. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> available at right. Is that, is that, is that I good? think that was a great, and that's a fitting way to end <laughs> any show, but especially a show that was guest. Our guest was Johnny Swashbuckle, the erstwhile pirate of the indie scene. I do like the booty. <laughs> the purple little butthole pirate. <laughs> where, where, since we, since we have had you for an extra show, where could we see you next? Because um, here we are sitting in mid-January. Mid-January. Where, where, where can we see the Johnny he did, Swatch? I, he didn't bring his physical calendar. <laughs> I did not. Uh, I believe January 12th is the uh, Legacy Pro Pro Show. Okay, that may, I think we're past yeah, that Yeah, that point. may have happened already. We've moved No, we got, we got, no, Johnny, because they have uh, it's, it's the damn show. We're recording, <laughs> so it's probably not going to play until after the F, the show <laughs> happens. All right. Well, we're a week out. No. Yeah. Spoiler alert. Right. Uh, <laughs> we never record more than one. We're live, <laughs> God damn it! January 27th. There Can I go talk. for that? Yes. M-I-A-W. <coughs> no purple buttholes will be seen, but... Well, we can't promise We can't that. promise that yet, but... Uh, M-I-A-W. The Rumble. January 27th. 7 o'clock. Bell time. And it's it is the South Milwaukee Rumble. Yes, the South. But Angel Amani will call it the Rumble Royal. He the will. Rumble Royal. He will. That's what he calls it. All right, so are, Johnny Swatch. Are you on the Twitters? I'm not on the Twitter. We're on the Twitters. You're on the Twitters. No, not on purpose. Not on purpose. They made me. Did oh. you ever have feels? Is that feels? Don't be afraid to catch feels. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Slap your nuts on the Slap your nuts <laughs> punch your butthole feels, right? <laughs> Purple butthole. But we're at Twitter. Take it home. We're on Twitter. We're at Ross Ross Podcast is the is the little name. Right now. Okay. So right. uh, if I was I would, unaware of this Twitter. I had I did it for the Silas show to get us a little to bit. Get a little more. word of mouth. Yeah, yeah, okay. no, that's good. Good stuff. So at Ross Podcast, join us, direct message us. Uh, we usually respond within four weeks. Uh, and that's good. And you'll get a quicker response time than when you call the Rebels a wrestling hotline. <laughs> that we could promise. Which the number seven oh nine. I knew you were gonna ask. Vic the Stick Ross, Jack Spade, Crab Scott Williams. By the way, Stephanie, you could be a guest anytime. Good night, everybody. Don't be afraid to catch feels. <laughs> <laughs>